Hey, Gabriel Blake. Hey, Gabriel Jose. Where are we today? Still in our apartments. And we should be thankful for it. But at least President Trump is letting President-elect Biden transition now. That's new since last time. Yeah, I mean, it is still, my parents were telling me that. Like my parents from Spain, they were telling me, oh, it looks like Trump finally acknowledged the result. It's like, no, no, no. He didn't acknowledge the result. He only said that he was okay with doing a transition for the good of the country, but he's still going to be fighting the results. Is that what he said? Yeah. Oh, what a piece of shit. I just, <laughs> I don't really read the New York Times. I read New York Times push notifications. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> so that's how I found out. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think that there is like a tweet. Of course, there is a tweet for Trump, like I say that. About yeah. like, well, for the good of the country, let's just start with the transition. Not about because I think that he won, not because I'm acknowledging my defeat, but let's just go with it. You know, <laughs> he will prove wrong along the way. Good lord. Today is a fascinating time in politics in the States. I'm just hoping it's like the end of an era and the start of a new era that has sanity. Mitch McConnell is still going to be in the Senate. There is no going to be sanity. <laughs> oh my gosh. The one good thing that the Trump administration has done for me personally is that I realized Mitch McConnell is literally the Antichrist. Yeah, I always think that uh, Mike Pence was evil, but it's Mitch McConnell placing a different league. Yep, he's like a special version of evil. <laughs> I was listening to a podcast today, and I know that we are digressing from the topic, but I need to just mention it now. Uh, I was listening to a podcast, and they were talking about when Obama uh, was heading out and Trump was coming in. Mitch McConnell had like some kind of uh, a speech where he was talking about like the outgoing government, and uh, he had like a very novel mention about working with Biden, that Biden was trying to just make both parties like come to an agreement. And, uh, <laughs> there was like this question from the uh, from the narrator, is like to another one, to another to a politician expert. Is like, so do you think that that's going to be the case? Do you think that McConnell is going to be like respect? He's like, hell no. <laughs> no, that was like the kind of you know when someone dies that you always do like an eulogy, eulogy? eulogy yeah, eulogy about like how good that person was. Even he was like a wife beater or something. And I'm like, no, he was good. You know, he used to pay his lease in time. <laughs> so that makes him a good person. Let's forget, you know, about like all the restraining orders that he had. He's like, yeah, let's just forget about that. Uh, so they said that like, that's basically the case. Like he just did a speech because he never thought that he would run into uh, Joe Biden again at that level. Well, now he's our president. Yeah, but I think that uh, in 2016, Biden didn't run for the primaries. Yeah. So it was a bit more that, well, Biden's career is, is over. He's like old enough. He's like, he's not going to be like, coming back. So at that point, I think that even like someone like Mitch McConnell would acknowledge that I can say something good. You know, what are the odds that <laughs> this person ever coming back? Coming president. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, let's just let's not digress even much, uh, even farther than this. But what if it was this time? We watched the 1990 masterpiece, The Juniper Tree. Let me just record. I'm recording like one of the uh, adjectives that you use when we talk about a movie, because you usually just introduce the title. So I just also like registering what's the adjective that you're using. 
they're all masterpieces. Everything we watch is a masterpiece. <laughs> okay, okay, <laughs> okay, sure, sure, like, uh, and this was your pick, why did you pick it? This was a last second pick, um, because my husband had sent me an article, we subscribed to Mubi, which if you don't know, didn't I talk about this last time? It's like a streaming service, but they only have 30 movies and they last 30 days. So every day a movie drops off and a new movie comes. And one of the movies was The Juniper Tree and he emailed it to me and said, hey, we should watch this. And I have been meaning to watch it since it was quote unquote rediscovered last year and released in a 4K restoration. Um, the everything, all the reviews are incredible for this. and. You know that Bjork is the love of my life, besides my dog and then my husband. So <laughs> oh, that's, oh, that is okay. Okay, Bjork, that's good. One-eyed dachshund, husband Chihuahua. Um, mm -hmm. So yeah, I, I just I was curious. The reviews were super good. I like black and white films. I like that this was about a grim fairy tale because there is nothing more fairy tale like than Bjork himself. Oh, okay. <laughs> okay, then we are being a witch. Okay. So, yeah, that's it. That's the reason. All right. Uh, so, I guess that is also my role to actually summarize this. So, in this black and white so-called masterpiece, Bjork, <laughs> because I'm going to be like, this is called, for me, on my brain, it was Bjork's The Juniper Tree. Your presents. Yeah, your presents. Your presents. Your play, the Juniper Tree. Uh, so Bjork and her sister in this black and white movie, they see how the river is like carrying their mother away, death, and stoned to death. <laughs> uh, we don't know exactly why. That this, this is like probably what 16th century. Yeah, it's medieval times. I think yeah. it's supposed to be 12th century. It doesn't matter. It's just yeah. Yeah, and all of them speaking English. Well, Bjork is speaking the English that she can speak in. That is, she always had like this very like thick accent. You know, why mother is dead? <laughs> when I saw her, oh, you, we saw, we met, we met at a Bjork show. That's like the best story ever. But the first <laughs> time I saw Bjork, she would say "thank you" after every song. <laughs> Yeah, her accent, but the thing is, I think that her accent has never changed and she doesn't want to change it. It's a bit more, it's like, I know that it's, it gives me personality. And What's like, that, uh, that Colombian actress in Modern Family? I don't know her name. I always think about Eva Longoria, but that was the one from uh, Desperate Housewives. She can speak English without an accent, but it's her brand to be the, the Colombian. Yeah, so I'm sure Bjork, there's a little bit of that. Oh, definitely, definitely. This is a bit more of a marketing play. So Bjork uh, <laughs> and her sister, uh, they see that their uh, mother like being dead. And then uh, on the next scene, actually the sister is married to this uh, widowed guy with a song and they move in. So the story is more about like the adaptation of the family to them and uh, also how the kid makes up this story about them being witches. But they are witches. I was not going to be like giving it away right away, you know? It's like they, they play a bit more like with the things like are they witches or not? It's like Bjork can supposedly see things and she starts seeing her mother with a hole on her chest. But every single time that she appears to her, she tells her not to tell anyone about she being there. Well, she just say like, 
But okay, so did they not say this in the film that the mother was killed for being a witch? They, they, said don't, that. they don't say it at the beginning, you know, they say it like along the way. And also they say that she was a stone at the beginning, and then they say that no, she was burned. And when it says that she was born, it's like just unequivocally just saying that she was a witch. And so then, immediately Europe. So because their mom was killed, the sisters fl- feel like they have to flee and go somewhere where nobody knows them. Yeah. And the older yeah. sister, not Bjork, is like, I'm just going to cast a spell on a dude and we're going to be able to hang out with them. And that's kind of what happens. Does he actually cast a spell? I mean, I maybe missed that one. Yeah, because she... she Bjork is like, so we're really not going to have to leave? And she's like, no, the spell is going to let us stay as long as we want. And then even the even the guy knew that he should leave, but he couldn't because of the spell, maybe? Maybe. I mean, <laughs> I think that the, 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 script, the script is vague. Let's just leave it like it's vague. And it's not, it's not vague with the idea of, uh, I don't know, like building mystery or building the world. I think that it's just vague just with the mere purpose of being vague. About like, if you fill up the holes or, or not, we don't care. Because this is Bjork. This is Bjork and other people. <laughs> but this was filmed in like 1989. She wasn't a big thing yet. No, that's true. And I thought, actually I was thinking about it. Uh, she had, she was like a, what, like the singer of the Sugar Cubes, was it? Yes. Yeah. But prior to that, she had a solo album. As a child. As a child. No, when was I just, I went platinum. Yes, but in Iceland, you only have to sell 5,000 records to be platinum. <laughs> because then, let's say, what, like 20% of the population? <laughs> and uh, so, from that perspective, I think that she was already big in Iceland, you know, and in oh, some yeah, specific like circles. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So, I, I, a part of me, every, sing, every single minute of this movie, I was thinking, is, that, is this Bjork the movie? Is this You're like the only You're the Bjork celebrity? Well, come on. I mean, it's impossible to actually look at Bjork when there is something like so low budget. Yeah. Let's just leave it at that. Low budget ish. You know, is that this can be like a movie that is made. And I'm not going to be like talking about uh, the quality of the end product, but I'm going to be like saying like uh, a cinema a student could make this movie. Like a group of cinema students, they could make this movie. No? from a budgetary perspective. Yeah, I mean, it was very simple. It took place in the, in mostly in the, in nature. They did have costumes, but it, there's just not much production to it. Yeah, and they're it's like- It's not five, to say there's not good direction, but it's just, it's a very simple movie. Yeah, that they're like five actors. Oh yeah, oh, that's good. <laughs> These are the, uh, the husband, the sister, Bjork, the uh, child of the husband and the mother, yep. and that's it. Nothing else. So uh, before we recorded, I was thinking about like, just making us watch The Witch, because I feel like as a movie about witches, it succeeds way more on just building an atmosphere and uh, telling a story. On this one, is like I I wasn't completely sure that is what atmosphere are you building here? How should I feel? Or what are you trying to make me feel? Because um, I, I only feel Bjork. <laughs> Let me, when you watch Dancer in the Dark, do you only feel Bjork? No, I felt like completely destroyed because the talent of Lars von Trier actually was... 
it was, let's say that, no, I'm not going to say that. I was going to be like saying something Whoa. that I will regret. I was going to say something that I will regret. But I think that Lars von Trier was in his medium. And he knows how to play the elements properly, you know, for actually just being about like, this is about the sensations that I want the audience to feel. So Björk was an element in his skin, <laughs> you know? But in this case, I just feel that, yeah, Björk is, there and Bjork status even if for that time I just had the feeling that everything else is that just rotates a read around her because when she starts like just singing there is a point that she sings and she goes crazy noises she does like some crazy noises mm-hmm. and the crow goes <laughs> started screaming there is a that that's Bjork that's basically something that I could actually just see in, in post or in the boot so for me I didn't feel Bjork Bjork, the actual, you know, pop star. Um, I thought her performance was so fucking incredible that I felt like I was watching an actor. Did you oh. disagree? I don't. I mean, the problem is that her accent is so different than everyone else. That is like, okay, everyone's is trying to do like a neutral English accent, and you're doing this accent that I need to pronounce every single word in a very exaggerated <laughs> way. That is, like, I. I couldn't get into her. I think that is like at least in the case of Bjork in Dancer in the Dark is that we're going to be like presenting it with an excuse. She's an immigrant, <laughs> and she comes and she comes from a country that they have a crazy accent, so that's absolutely fun. But uh, in this case, I just feel like so you're the sister of this other woman that speaks like 100% perfect English. What went wrong with you? Honestly, what went wrong? It almost it actually just uh, it reinforces the idea of you're making this movie you're using Bjork because it's going to be a magnet well okay so none of that was a problem for me I do see what you're saying um, but I don't see how that's different than hiring um, Jennifer Lawrence to be in a movie yeah it's a draw it'll get people to watch the film true but if Jennifer Lawrence could actually make an accent to just actually adapt just imagine that for example that you just make I mean, Jennifer Lawrence doesn't have like an exclusive accent, you know? Okay, let's go to another actress. Imagine that you need a French person and you go with Isabel Huppert. It's true, it's like she has a French accent because she is, holy shit, French. But she's a good actress beyond that. She's an amazing actress, as we were discussing the last week. In this case, I had the feeling is that, look, you don't need someone with an accent. You don't. You honestly don't. That's what you're saying. Okay, no, that's valid. I get it. Yeah. Or I'm willing moment, to forgive a lot for Bjork. <laughs> I, I know that. I, okay, let me just go to the example. Imagine that you need like someone that the character is from Massachusetts and you put Isabel Hooper on that role. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, probably that's not going to fly. Isabel Hooper can be like pretty good, but she doesn't have a Massachusetts accent, as Bjork doesn't have like a medieval perfect English accent. That everyone did is a list. Let's not get into the script like just trying to be accurate with the time period. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> because for example, the witch actually tries to be accurate with the uh, 17th century. Yeah, it does. And it's a bit of a pain, you know, for people that they don't speak, you know, like English as the first language. Oh, but yeah, this... I, saw, I saw that movie with my husband who's from Argentina and he, he was like, I didn't understand anything. Like, nothing. <laughs> I mean, I understood like a bit more like, about like, the general idea about the story. Like, yeah, I get it. It's good. It's good. It's really good. But I have no idea what it says for half of the movie. Uh, in this case, 
I understood what they were saying. That's the good thing about Bjork when that th with that thick accent is that she doesn't try to rush through the words. Yeah, everything is kind of sing-songy. Yeah, it's pretty easy to actually understand what she's saying. But at the same time, it is completely out of place with the rest of the actors and actresses. So, okay, I, I totally hear what you're saying and I can see why that would be annoying. Um, it, like I said, that wasn't an issue for me. But, this should have been a 20 minute short. Like, there is no reason to draw it out as long as it was, yeah. and it's not even that long of a film. How long is it? Like 90 minutes? It's like pretty yeah. short, uh, yeah. But it's, it's just, for me, there wasn't enough there to take up that much time. Yeah. And the dialogue wasn't particularly interesting. I, no. Go ahead, I don't sorry. know. I just, I am perplexed why this movie is getting so much love. Uh, and I like slow, meditative black and white films. Have I mentioned by liking Mar Bergman? And this has like Mar Bergman written all over it. And I was like, this is why you don't like him, but I would tolerate this and I would absolutely love every second if somebody as talented as Ingmar Bergman was making the film. And I, they're just not. You know, you know what I was thinking? And the funny thing is that every review is actually 80 minutes, 78 minutes. Half through the movie is that my interest just completely went away. I actually got angry at some point. I was like, how can this keep going? Uh, what I was thinking about, okay, Jose, just stay with it. Stay with it. This is not the touring horse. You still don't have like two more hours to go. It's I knew fine. you were going to Because when you, talk, when you talk at the beginning about like, I like like slow paced black and white movies, is that that's the definition of the touring horse. But I understand there is like a, an impactful emotional payoff on that movie. In this movie, no, there wasn't. There was nothing. The payoff, I just feel like, sure, yeah, I mean, but it's like, whatever payoff you put at this point, it's like, it doesn't matter because I don't care anymore. I mean, you could actually just turn this into the It's Also Quiet video clip with Bjork. I wouldn't care. It could turn into, you know, like, just color right away and just turn into just an impactful video clip. I wouldn't care. Because you I are wouldn't... not giving this film a fair shot because of Bjork. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing, and I was thinking about it, is that for me this is like Bjork and other people around. And I was thinking, okay, I'm not completely objective. Is that even myself, I was saying that I'm not objective. You know, I know that when we're going to be like talking about this movie tomorrow, I'm going to be like mentioning Bjork all the time. It's basically going to be like that, uh, that sketch from uh, being John Malkovich when Malkovich goes into his own brain and everything is Malkovich, Malkovich, exactly. Exactly that. But uh, in this case, I was essentially comparing with uh, with uh, Dancing in the Dark, and I just said, look, Dancing in the Dark has a good script. I mean, it has a good script for what it's trying to do. You know, like very melodramatical, you know, and very corny in some place, but it, it tries to do that. And yeah. it has like a, all the actors are amazing. Yeah, that's true. That that cast, good lord. Yeah, and then you actually have a talented director. If he's a good human being or not, that's a different topic. But it's it's a good director. So and now it's like when I compare it with this, it, I just feel that look, this is just trying to be just uh, phrasing whatever we was talking. It's like this is just trying to be RC and pretentious. I unfortunately agree, and it, uh, the sum of all the parts just weren't 
worth it. I, I was bored. And like you said, what am I supposed to be feeling? I didn't feel sadness when Bjork's sister convinced a little boy to jump off a cliff so she would he would stop annoying her. Like there's just I wasn't invested in any of these characters. I was a little bit concerned for Bjork's character, but I think probably because it's Bjork. <laughs> but that's that's the part, is like when everything else is so weak, the only thing that you can relate to is like to the to the people that they are playing those roles. You know, you actually have to just detract, you know, like subtract yourself from the movie. And yeah. they say, it's like, okay, that's not Bjork's character. That's Bjork. I care about Bjork. <laughs> I don't I want do. anything. I care so much about Bjork. We do. do. You know, and I think that, for example, in Dancing in the Dark, and spoiler alert, here goes, you know, when Bjork is about to be hung, I think that it's more about how you care about Salva, her character instead of Bjork. As a yeah, that's true. yeah, she she manages to like become the character and not be Bjork's acting. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, and that's amazing. I mean, that's what I think is like Bjork can act, I think, in this movie. I'm not convinced that she can. It's a bit more like she's there and I must feel like she's playing herself. The script is not great. The directing is not stellar. So, yeah, I felt like the directing was, I would say, solid, but it wasn't, there was nothing striking about it. I, yeah. I wonder, though, if she had a better script, what she would have been able to do. Do you know, um, do you know who wrote the script? Was it uh, the same director, Nietzsche King? And uh, I checked the rest of the stuff that he did, nothing sounds familiar at all. Yeah, and then she she died in 2004, so this film that came out in 2008, I don't know what that is about. Yeah. So she only she only had like one, two full-length yeah. movies, and one was released posthumously. Yeah. So honestly, I just felt indifferent about it. Is that the only good thing is that it was only 80 minutes, but the bad thing is that even with 80 minutes, it still felt. Too long. So long. <laughs> it felt so long. I'm I'm really surprised at this. Either I didn't get it or everyone else is crazy. Because what? There's an entire New York Times article about when this was rediscovered, about how good it is and how wonderful. It's a New York Times critic pick. Once again, is that you remember that movie that we watched uh, with the guy from Legion? I would never the guest. Oh God, that was also like a, a critic pick from the New York Times. Yeah, yeah, that was. <laughs> As you told me, like it really depends about like who is analyzing, who is reviewing the movie from the New York Times. Uh, on this case, I just had the feeling that everyone. Oh, sorry. That's some people could actually give it a pass because first is Bjork, and second is like the definition of artsy cinema. It's black and white. It's a slow pace. It doesn't have like too much story. But the, the story that it has is like it's not that transcendental. Yeah, and again, just going back to Ingmar Bergman, he can do this pace. He can do this simple, but there's depth to it, and it makes you think. There's no depth to this. It didn't make me think. Think. I can even forgive not making me think if it makes me feel something. I didn't feel anything. I just yeah. Yeah, this one was missing, like the death playing chess with Bjork, 
oder schon seit Singen ja du No, I agree. I mean, I just feel like, look, I don't need people to just spell for me what do I need to feel about the movie. But if I cannot feel anything, if the only thing that I can actually feel is boredom and Bjork, because Bjork is one of the basic feelings in humanity. It's like happiness, it's like sadness, sadness, hunger. It's like the spectrum and Bjork. Bjork. No, Bjork, Bjork is a spectrum in itself. You know, it's like it's all across, you know, from happiness to sadness. Uh, so from that perspective, I felt like, let's just, let's just be done with this, you know, and let's just watch something else. Just, just, you know, there has to be like something better to do right now with my time. And it's, I, it's not... had a, I had a call come up nine minutes before the end of the movie. And... <laughs> I forgot that I needed to finish it because I was so not invested in this film at all that I was like, oh, sh I've got to watch those last nine minutes. I mean, you're not missing anything because the point when she kills the, uh, the kid and she puts the finger into the soup for just making people forget that the kid even existed. <laughs> it's like, seriously, that's how witchcraft works? That's amazing. <laughs> and, uh, and then basically uh, the guy runs away after Beardus. He's like, no, no, she actually, she, she actually killed him. But you know, she's a good girl. Uh, uh, yeah, I don't. And none, yeah. none, none of it was believable. Not in terms of the witchcraft, just like the motives and emotions of the characters. Like, it's not it a, it's not a good sort of like well-written script. And I think that that's like the first problem is the directing. The directing, I'm fine with it. The acting, I still have a bit of a problem with Bjork in, the, in that, you know, like setting, but sure. But it's like the script, I just felt like, look, if this is what you have to, to say, sometimes it's better to just not say anything at all. And it's not like Grimm's fairy tales lacked interesting stories. Like, why did she choose to tell this story? It's I, it actually made me want to go read the original and find out what the film is missing because it can't just be this. Do you think that it's based on anything? Yeah, it's based on a grim fairy tale. Oh, gotcha. Okay. Yeah. I... No. I mean, just no. <laughs> that's, that's my review. No. And I, I had to actually just find hilarious that you look at the, uh, at the character, sorry, the character, at the poster, at the main poster in IMDb, is like it's a Bjork picture, and the title <laughs> is like Bjork Gatmon's Tider or whatever. The Juniper Tree. I'll never forget the time that I ran into Bjork at a little coffee shop in Reykjavik. That was more entertaining than this movie. And it was only one minute. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that is probably the the length that this movie needed. <laughs> I seriously, if this had been like a black and white 15 minute short that I saw at Sundance, I'd be like, okay, there's something artsy here and interesting, but 80 minutes, whatever it is, no, 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 no. Yeah. But that's, I mean, that actually just made me think that like sometimes, because I acknowledge, I acknowledge that the Turing Horse from an art perspective is amazing. It's really good. It's like really well made, you know, but it's like on this one, I just had the feeling that you're using some of the elements of the Turing horse and now I don't think that there is anything significantly artistic about this movie. It almost feels like the Mario Manuel artistic. I think that's an excellent description. There's nothing artistic. It's like you might fool you into thinking it's there, but at the end of the day, there's no, there's nothing here. It's like somebody just out of film school 
got a little budget and a pop star and was like, we're gonna make we're gonna make a fairy tale. <laughs> we're going to do history just right now. Uh, let me so you were saying that it's like a, you felt attracted about this movie because being on black and white, being potentially artistic. How did you feel about the artist? The oh the the film? The film, the artist, yeah. Overall, I did not like it. There were moments that I liked, like the scene where they had, the one scene where they have sounds, I thought yeah. was just brilliant. Um, it's not that I think it was a bad film in any way, it's just not my type of film. Yeah. I mean, I think that, uh, I don't think that we're ever going to watch the artist on this because she's also like close to three hours. <laughs> I remember it was like fairly, I think that it was like fairly long, but uh, I agree with you and I understand why you want to be like too fond of it from the perspective of being a homage to Hollywood. Yeah. So, I mean, I understand that it can be like harder to swallow than feel. Uh, But I, I feel like, okay, you are doing this from an artistic perspective. There were not so many films at that point that they were trying to be, you know, encapsulating that old school artsy feeling. And it became like a bit derivative. There are like other movies in other languages, you know, that they try to do exactly the same resource. And I think that this movie is like, I, I can see why you think that this is artistic. But as you said, it's like, Emma Berman did this better. Even no, I no, am I, going to be. I was saying there's nothing artistic about this movie. No, 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 no. I want to say is that this is derivative. Oh, the yeah, Juniper yeah. Tree is derivative, you know, and is that you can actually say it's like even if, even if Emma Berman didn't do exactly this before, I would feel it's like, eh, you know, it's okay because I'm not a big fan Emma Berman, sort of like a big Emma Berman fan. But even I can see, like what. Why were they thinking that it's going to be like so popular? Yeah. Why were this like this going to be appealing all the artistic sensibilities out there? And it, I know you don't like Ingmar Bergman, but the themes he explores about like religion and morality and mortality, like it, it's it's pretty like it's it deep. gives you stuff to think about. This movie didn't give me anything to think about at all, except <laughs> when is this going to be over? <laughs> yeah. Uh, so let's, I think that we already have like just beat the dead horse for a while. Let's go over the questions that we usually ask. Do you think that you will remember this movie in a year from now? Absolutely, but not for the right reasons. <laughs> <laughs> like a warning, kind of, that don't watch this again. Yeah, like uh, maybe take what the New York Times critic picks are with a grain of salt. Yeah, I don't think that I'm going to remember this movie. I think that I must have already started to forget it. I think that it's like from the point that the credits started rolling, I was like, how did this movie start? You know? Uh, you I, I, I won't remember anything specific about the script at all. Okay. Maybe okay. that that woman convinced the kid to jump off a cliff. No. <laughs> I mean, I was expecting to actually like, see the kid falling, similar to me in Midsommar. When the old guys actually just jump, he's like, okay, I, I want to see like something green here, you know, <laughs> something disturbing. He's like, nope, nope, the kid just falls, falls as I fall, you know. People are not going to be like seeing this in the camera, but basically if I fall like this, <laughs> I fell. <laughs> like going off camera. And uh, and then he's like just laying there with a bit of makeup. And he's like, okay, yeah, I assume that he fell. And then side. she like sews his mouth shut, but without showing any gore and no blood. Yeah. It's just very clean and neat. 
Oh yeah, when the body is in the river, yeah. 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 Uh, I don't know. I mean, there there were elements here that I think that they could have made more, but not much more. And that's the reason why I wanted to watch initially what I mentioned about like watching the witch, because like, the elements are not that different. Yeah, that's true. But it's like what they do with those elements. They don't try to become like in Berman. They don't try to actually just tell you about reality or anything. It's a bit more like a self-contained story. But that story is like just really well narrated. It's like it's pretty clear that there is talent <laughs> in here. The only thing that there is is Bjork. <laughs> so you you won't remember this. I think I'll remember at least some of it. Um, would you watch it again? No. Never. The only Never. the only reason why I will watch it again is like if I forgot about it. That no, I said, a New York film. Let's watch oh, the New York film. I like a white New York film. I need to watch this. I never watched it. I don't know what I was thinking. And then I want to start watching. Say, wait a second. Let's just move on. <laughs> um, would you recommend this to anyone? If I hate them enough, maybe. <laughs> Uh, well, yeah. I mean, there are like two options. If I hate them, or if they really, 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 really love York, if they have like just five tattoos of York, you know, if they actually just open their their t-shirt, you know, and they actually have like a York face in there, I will actually ask them. So I assume that it was the Juniper Tree. Yeah, the say, guy with five York tattoos has seen this movie. <laughs> probably, yeah, and probably they have like a Trump stamp of the <laughs> Juniper Tree. <laughs> And then, uh, did you think there was anything striking from, in terms of direction? I just feel like everything that is striking about this movie is not that special. It's not that it's bad, you know, but it's a bit more like I... I mean, if I go to the touring horse that is true that is years later after this movie, but it's like, the photography on that movie is amazing. And it's not like, you know, I don't think that the Turing Horse had like 10x or 10 times the budget of this movie. Yeah. And they didn't have Bjork. They didn't have Bjork. That's, that's a handicap that 99.99% of the movies out there, they have in comparison with this movie. Well, she does have two movies coming out in the next year or two, so. Okay, <laughs> that's great. Uh, I really hope that, well, one more thing I think that is going to be a bit more autobiographical. That's what. That's the one you told me about. I hadn't heard of that one, but she is in another medieval story with Alexander Skarsgård called The Northman, oh, yeah. and that's yeah. the one with yeah. a great cast, but very weird. Like Nicole Kidman is in it. The classic Nordic woman, you know, from Australia. <laughs> um, yeah, I don't. I I felt like the direction was very confident. Like it didn't feel like a first film. But um, I don't think there was anything particularly striking. It was just very functional and wasn't a distraction. You know what it reminds me of now that I think about it? Is it reminds me of uh, the two faces of January. The two faces. Yeah, yeah, that's a really good analogy. Yeah, like it's just like, okay, this isn't terrible, but yeah. it gets the job done. Yep, yeah, it's a bit more like, okay, you read like a manual about how to direct that specific genre that you're doing. It's like, you use, you use your cars right, you know, this didn't become the rule. Congratulations. <laughs> you did, you did better than Tommy Gosell. 
It's a, this is like oh. the, the baseline that we are throwing here. So, on to the scoring. I feel like pretty torn about scoring this movie because Bjork. It's like after talking about you more about it, is that I want to score it even lower. That I was thinking my score was going to be Bjork out of 10. And Bjork not a number. I'm actually going to be like scoring that Bjork out of 10. Whatever that number is. Because that's the only good thing about this movie. It's like Bjork is there. I get to see like 40 minutes of John Bjork. But you could score it on like, is this homogen homogenous? Homogenous? Uh, homogenic, yeah. Homogenic, homogenic? or yeah. is post the boot? Yeah, or is the sugar cubes? Is the sugar cubes area, or is it Walter? <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, honestly, I'm torn. I think that after like, just talking about it with you, I was thinking at the beginning a different score. I'm going to go with a four point five. Really? Yeah. This entire conversation, I've been going back and forth between a three point five and a four. And ultimately, I think it's a 3.5 because um, it didn't make me think, it didn't make me feel, I didn't care about the characters. What she was trying to do was elevated cinema, but she didn't get there. So even like movies that I give a five to that I say are perfectly mediocre, they at least managed to do something, entertain me at least. Yeah. No, and I agree with that, is that the only reason, at the beginning I was going to be like giving like a 5 or a 5.5 because I was feeling guilty about like giving a bad score with something with Bjork. <laughs> and I know, I, I'm biased. the number of times Jose said Bjork in this This like a Bjork counter. I don't know if, uh, probably this is like out of your, I don't know, like sensibility, because I know that you are more sophisticated and more like low bro. <laughs> but, <laughs> Except when it goes to Clueless, but uh, I, I I used to watch like ton of uh, B series Corey movies when I was in college, and something that they used to do is like a, a death counter, is that when the movie was sober, when the movie was sober, is that they would actually just play like a death counter like high speed about like, everyone that died along the movie, you know, especially with these kind of zombies that they kill like thousands of zombies, and they just tell you at the end is that oh they actually were like seven hundred extras that they died during this movie. well died around this movie is that they should do the same thing is that we should do like a, a quick search on this episode and just go about like how many times did they say bjork for having like the bjork you should get a prize i i'll buy drinks the next time oh i'm pretty sure they say bjork 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 more than 100 times <laughs> i'm pretty sure of that but that's the only reason i just feel i'm not biased i'm not sorry i'm biased i'm not objective the only reason why i tolerated this movie is because bjork was in 80% of this is. That's fair, and I don't know if this is just because I love Bjork, but I genuinely thought her performance was the only interesting thing in this film. And even I liked it. <laughs> For me, it was a bit more like they took, they could have taken uh, like Bjork from another performance and just bring her here. Is that she just felt completely out of place for me. I said, okay, true. Okay, you, you may be like this, I don't know, like friends with their parents, and that's the reason why Bjork actually is on this, is that she owes some kind, that their family owns some kind of favor. <laughs> is that you actually gave a kidney to her parents or something like that, to her father, but otherwise I don't get why she actually got involved on this. I, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't know. I don't understand anything about this movie, so. 
so uh, 3.5, 4.5, yeah, this was not really the masterpiece that you promised at the beginning. <laughs> no. Uh, so next time is my pick. Um, I was thinking about the witch first, but instead of us just doing like back to back, I think that that would have been like even more harmful. I don't think that I could be completely objective to the witch right now because it's a movie that I like. After watching this, the witch like nine point five. This is the best movie. <laughs> this is some, yeah, this is a truly a masterpiece. This is like just just genre defining cinema, and I think that is a genre defining cinema for horror because the horror is like such a low bar. That is like when you actually see something that is a good movie, not a good horror movie. You know, like The Exorcist. Yeah. Or the witch, you know, it's like, I think there is like, okay, this actually elevates the genre because the genre is so low, <laughs> there's so much garbage that it is pretty hard to actually find like a good movie here. But no, I wanted to go with something that I think that the script is really solid and it actually just drives part of the, uh, how do you say, part of the of the movie itself. And we actually come from watching another Meryl Streep movie, so I wanted to just see her in another role that is also like driven by the script. Into the woods, <laughs> just connecting, <laughs> just connecting with witchcraft. Why not? And three hours of, of Songheim. Uh, no, the uh, the other movie is going to be Doubt, with Philip Seymour Hoffman, Eddie Evans, and Viola Davis. That is like basically, if you were in the cast of that movie, you were nominated for a Oscar. That's true. That's true. So we're gonna watch the 2008 masterpiece, Doubt. Oh. Okay, you're already giving it away, or you actually just want to prove me that you call masterpiece everything? Everything's masterpiece, everything. I don't know well, any other word, but you okay. did give me a vocabulary day-by-day -day calendar for 2021, so I'll think of new words. <laughs> <laughs> the Soilocium, <laughs> 2008. Okay, uh, anything else that we should say about the Juniper Tree? Or how just we say, like, this yes, what? Your Bjork. Yes, Bjork. Bjork. <laughs> Bjork, Bjork. Oh, man. Uh, this was fun. I mean, thank you for introducing me to this. So I have like, you know, it's basically like someone gives like a small poison to someone else. And it's okay, I didn't kill you with this dose, but now you know that you shouldn't try it in the future. That's how I feel about the Juniper Tree. I will never recommend the Juniper Tree to you again. <laughs> thank you. I appreciate this and now I have you, you know, on record for this. Oh, man. Uh, this was great, and to whoever is out there, uh, thank you so much for listening. And wash your hands. Bye. <laughs> <laughs>